Uh, Joshua said to Israel, let's read a, a passage here. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests and the Levites carrying the ark, then you shall set, uh, set, you shall set uh, out for your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and the ark, about uh, 2,000 cubits, about 3,000 feet by measure. Uh, do not come near the ark, that you may, uh, you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. Joshua was giving these, uh, the people of Israel, he was giving them some instructions. Uh, this had been a long journey. We're going to kind of survey that journey a little bit this morning. He was giving them instructions on what they were going to do. And he said, you have not been at this point before in your life. You have never been here. And uh, so uh, he's telling them uh, that, uh, that you have not passed this way before. You've had a lot of experiences. You've experienced many things uh, in, in, uh, in God's guiding and God's direction, God helping you in, uh, in so many things and challenges. And just as we, you know, 2022, it will have its challenges, but it will have its blessings also. And uh, that's what we can be thankful for. We think back to, well, the beginning of this nation, the call of Abraham in uh, Genesis chapter 4. I'm sorry, chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. And uh, we see what the, how the beginning here in this nation. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your kindred, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of earth uh, shall be blessed. And of course, Abraham uh, followed God and, and uh, went to, left Ur of the Chaldees and, and uh, began to, uh, uh, to make a journey. And uh, God said uh, in Genesis 15, He said, Look toward the heavens. And count the stars, if you, have a, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Abraham, Abram here he called him, but Abraham, you're going to be a great nation. And he stated that your, uh, your uh, generations are going to be as the, the stars in heaven, uh, as the, uh, the, another place he called, said the sand of the sea that your generations shall be. And God made a covenant uh, with Abraham in uh, Genesis 15 and uh, verse 18 uh, where he stated to him, and I want to read that for us here, Genesis 15 and verse, uh, well, let's back up to about 13. He said to Abraham, know certainly that your descendants uh, will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict you uh, 400 years, and also the nation whom they serve, 
I will judge. Afterward, they shall come out with uh, great uh, possessions. Uh, he's speaking certainly of the period of time that uh, they would spend in Egypt, 400 years. But the idea here, and I want to understand, the land that God gave to Israel and, and what that included uh, in uh, the, uh, uh, the, the land that God gave was actually, it was from the Nile uh, to the river Euphrates, north, the area of Syria, uh, down through Lebanon, Damascus, uh, Jordan, what's known today as the boundaries of Israel, over to Iraq, and even into Saudi Arabia. Uh, this land God gave to Israel. He told Abraham, uh, and, and then again in Joshua is recorded, this land that is yours as a possession. Um, the most disputed parcel of land on earth. And uh, for the thousands of years, it has been contested. But the boundaries of the land, God gave. No man gave it. Uh, no paper was signed. But God gave it and recorded it in the Holy Scriptures. And uh, I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. The Scriptures tell us that. Pray for Israel. We pray for our nation. Pray for Israel. But it is the land of Israel that God gave. It is unconditional and irrevocable. It is Israel's. And it was a promise that God uh, made and, and uh, it will not change. Well, uh, from the time God gave uh, the land as a possession, uh, the Jewish people's history has been interwoven into that parcel of land. Uh, that uh, that uh, area, uh, it holds a very special place in the throughout history, world history, biblical history, and prophetically, uh, the the nation of Israel. So, just some of the history of of Israel as we we look into this, and uh, some of the uh, the leader. Well, the leader, the first, of course, was was Moses. We go on into uh, the book of Exodus. And um, God called Moses to be uh, the leader of these people. And, you know, Moses said, well, I, some, it reminds me sometimes of us. Well, Lord, I can't do that. Uh, that's not what I'm good at. Uh, I, I, here's what I can do. But if God says, no, you can do this, you can do that. God can, God can guide us to do that. But um, Moses said, well, I'm not good with speech and I'm not eloquent with speech and uh, you know maybe you just need someone else and uh, uh, you know God had appeared to him there at the burning bush and, and, uh, and, and was calling him and uh, what he wanted uh, Moses to do well every excuse he could think of maybe you just need someone else he said Aaron is your brother Maybe, well, God said, uh, Aaron can go with you. And you speak the words to him, and Aaron can share those words and, uh, in a more eloquent way or whatever Moses was going to be comfortable with. And that's what God uh, told them that they would do. So Moses uh, becomes the leader of Israel. And, of course, Aaron, his brother, uh, was very influential in this and was the first high priest uh, of Israel. And... Uh, so he, uh, he began to lead, 
and they begin to make their way uh, from, well, they, let me back up a moment there, they were in, uh, this time Israel was in uh, Egyptian bondage. They had gone there because there was, at a time, there was a famine, and Joseph, of course, was the, uh, the person who had risen to, wonderful story, the, the life of Joseph in the scriptures. If you haven't read that, uh, go, go through and read the life of Joseph. But uh, he was in Egypt and had risen from a slave to be the second person in command. When the, when the chariots came down the street, uh, Pharaoh was in number one, and the second chariot was, uh, was Joseph. Uh, that's how prominent he was in the land. Well, um, there was a famine, and the time that uh, Jacob and their family, um, as I said, that's a beautiful story. We, we wouldn't have time to read it all here now. But uh, they went there for food. They stayed, as mentioned here in, in Genesis, uh, when God told uh, Abraham, that's going to happen. There's going to be 400 years that they're going to be afflicted. And then they're going to be brought out uh, of Egypt, out of this place. And uh, God will bless them. He will guide them. And God called Moses to go and be the person who would lead them out. Now, I'm sure you remember reading or, or studying about the ten plagues that came upon uh, Pharaoh and upon Egypt. And um, uh, Pharaoh was not pleased with any of that, of course. But then, it, of course, coming to the time of the, uh, of the Passover and uh, the death of the firstborn, God had given instructions that every person uh, was to take a, a lamb and uh, on the tenth um, day, keep it up the fourteenth day, and then that they were to uh, sacrifice that lamb and that the, the blood was to be placed over the doorpost and the lentils of the door. And, um, and God said, I will pass over. And those that are covered by the blood, of course, pointing to the blood of Jesus Christ, which saves us, he said, I will pass over and there will be safety in the home. All homes that did not have uh, the blood applied they uh, would, the firstborn, they would lose the firstborn of that, that family. And uh, so this was the night then that it delivered, Egypt, uh, delivered Israel out of the bondage in Egypt. And uh, then, of course, the story of the crossing of the Red Sea, the miraculous things that would happen, that uh, the Red Sea, that the, as the uh, Israel, uh, is, people of Israel left Egypt, and they came to the Red Sea, and of course the people were like, oh, what do we do? We're, we're like that. We hit an obstacle, and we think, how in the world did I get here? How do I get past this? Trust God. That'll work. We trust God. He will bring us through. No matter what that obstacle is, if we're trying to follow God's will, He's going to bring us through that. And so they were there, and, and uh, you know, the, the, there was an army raging back there that was coming toward them. And uh, God parted the sea that they could come across on dry land. Now, I've read some liberal theologians' writings who said, well, it really wasn't that large an area of water at the time. It was just kind of a trickling stream. Well, that's what liberal theology will tell you. But the biblical truth is Pharaoh's army drowned in it, whatever it was. 
So it was quite a body of water. And God delivered them through it. It just rolled back. Uh, the sea rolled back and they walked through on dry land. And so they saw miraculous things. The crossing of the, uh, the Red Sea. They saw, the, uh, they saw <clears throat> later bread from heaven and meat from heaven. Just go out in the morning and uh, there would be bread there for them and instructions that God gave. And then, of course, in chapter 20 in Exodus, there's the Ten Commandments. And, and then, of course, <coughs> excuse me, the law, the tabernacle, the priests, everything that, uh, that developed through there. These people had seen the hand of God working. There was no question. You have too. We have seen the hand of God working in our lives, uh, in the church, uh, where, we, where we serve, uh, we have seen the hand of God working among people. We have seen people saved. We have seen people come forward and, and request scriptural baptism and people be a, a part of a New Testament church. And uh, so we see these things as well. We see the blessings of God and we see the hand of God in working. Well, <clears throat> they moved on in their journey. And Israel came to uh, the promised land. And uh, they'd been there, or they had been to an opportunity uh, to, to go in, you know, in, in, in the, when they first arrived. <clears throat> I'm going to talk about what Joshua was talking about here in a moment. But uh, they went into, uh, up to this area in Kadesh Barnea. And um, they could have crossed over. Moses said, this is it. We will, we will go into the land. We will go and and possess this land. And uh, uh, the opportunity for victory was there. And Moses sent out uh, spies. He sent out people to go and research this land. Uh, one man from each tribe was chosen to go. And to go into this area and search it out. And then come back and give a report uh, of, of what type of a land it is. Well, the people that searched it out, uh, uh, there were 40 days... And they searched out the land, and then they came back with their report. And, uh, oh, it's a rich land. It's fertile. It's a wonderful place. Uh, while we saw grapes, such huge clusters, it took two men to carry them. Maybe they, you know, like a pole on the shoulder and another person, and they put the grapes on there, just huge cluster. And uh, it, it took two men to carry them. It's such a rich and fertile soil. Sounds good, doesn't it? It, it? It's good. But then, fear set in. Not faith, but, but fear. They didn't have the faith, but fear set in. And uh, they said, but uh, in that land, there are giants. The sons of Anak, they are in that land. And so they refused to go in, except two men. Their report was different. Joshua and Caleb uh, had said, but trusting God, we can go in. We can, we can take this land. They were positive. They had faith. But the others, oh, we're not going to do that. And that will sometimes happen. You know, there'll be some, well, we can do it. No, we can't. Well, if we trust God, we can and uh, that's the key that we, we must learn to, to trust the Lord more. Well, during this period of time, uh, 
there were blessings for those two men, Caleb, and Joshua and Caleb, and uh, they would go into the promised land. The others would not. Those men who had searched out and uh, came back with a bad report, with a report that they would not, uh, that they could not take this land. But uh, this brought about a death sentence for many of those. Um, God said, okay. He brought, brought them there. They went in, they searched it out, and they came back, and their report was, we can't do it. And, and as I said, they had fear rather than faith. And uh, what had taken place, God said, okay, you have searched this out for 40 days, and um, you're going to wander in the wilderness. You're going to have uh, 40 years, 40 years that Israel, but you won't be there. Only Joshua and Caleb will. Because he said, all those that are 20 years old and upward, they will not enter this land. They will die in the wilderness, in the desert. So there were not a lot of older people who came out of, uh, of, of that experience. Because all of those that were 20 and older, uh, they would die. And uh, so there were some young people that came through this. Well, and then <clears throat> as they wandered in that 40 years, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, at the end of the book of Deuteronomy uh, records the death of Moses, and a new leader arose for Israel. His name was Joshua. And... Uh, the scripture says he was a man full of the spirit and of wisdom. And Israel now, uh, this is 40 years later, they, uh, the new leader, a man full of the spirit and of wisdom, and he says to them, <clears throat> you have not passed this way before. All of the experiences that Israel had had, all of the challenges and all of the joys, and now they've come to a time that with Joshua as the leader, and he says that we're going to go into uh, this land. <clears throat> you have not passed this way uh, before. So Joshua was different. He was different in his style of leadership. He was a man of faith. Remember, he and Caleb, uh, when they were at the uh, Kadesh Barnea that first time, and they said, we can do this. We can take this land. We can go in. This land that God had given to the Jewish people, to the nation of Israel. But uh, they did not. But as I said, Joshua was a, a different in his style of leadership. Uh, leaders have different abilities. And God has a purpose for each one of you. He has a purpose for all of us. Uh, whether that's pastors, preachers, teachers, um, Everyone who serves in whatever capacity uh, that they serve, God has a purpose for each man, their gifts, their abilities. I thought about, when I was, was right, uh, putting this down, I thought about Brother Jason. Uh, most of the time when I heard him preach on Sunday morning, he would begin by looking up with a smile and he'd say, I'm not Brother Rich. <laughs> you remember how he, he always did that. And, uh, and certainly, he wasn't Brother Rich. Uh, he wasn't supposed to be. Uh, he's Brother Jason. And uh, I know that he was being lighthearted and calming his nerves. Uh, people may think preachers have nerves of steel. They really don't. Uh, but they just uh, have 
they trust the Lord and, and get, get with the, the, the sermon. But um, he wasn't supposed to be Brother Rich. Uh, no one else is supposed to be another person. There's not to pattern ourselves only after Jesus, but not after any other person. And um, preachers are different. Teachers are different. Uh, I preached a funeral one time in South Arkansas down near Fordyce. And uh, after the service, it was graveside. And one lady came to me and she said, Preacher, that was a good sermon. And I said, well, thank you. Give the glory to the Lord and I pray that it comforted the family. And she said, but you're not like our preachers. And I said, well, what are your preachers like? She said, for the most part, they're just big and loud. <laughs> well, I'm not big and loud. So <laughs> uh, that was what she surmised as the, the, the preachers there in South Arkansas. They're, they're big and loud and um, uh, really know, um, they, they start to speak and you know where they're speaking. Well, <clears throat> I'm sure Joshua thought about this and remembered their past and uh, he was telling the people here, uh, remembering that it was, uh, it was a good, good land. And uh, they said, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, and of course they refused to go in. Uh, Joshua and Caleb were there at the time. They saw this. and So the giants scared them, and uh, they faced some giants, and we do too. In our lives, we face giants as well. We face situations that seem gigantic to us and that we could not possibly find the answer for ourselves. It's only through faith. And, and putting our faith in the Lord. And, uh, you know, there's times we have fear. We have fear. There's times there's loneliness. People deal with uh, discouragement, bitterness, um, depression, and doubt. A believer can deal with doubt. You better believe they can. And the devil will use it. He will try to make sure that there is doubt. But always remember, God is greater. And when we go to the Lord, He can show us the way, and uh, He can take us there through to Jesus. But yes, giants. People in Scripture uh, have faced gigantic uh, difficulties. Uh, I thought of, of the shepherd boy David, and uh, he had gone to take food to his brothers. His father had sent that he would take food to his brothers who were in King Saul's army. Well, he went there, and he saw this giant out there, uh, and he was taunting Israel, calling them all kinds of names and taunting them, uh, the soldiers of, uh, uh, of Saul. And David thought, well, this is not right. So he gets an opportunity. He talks to Saul, and he says, I can go out before this, this, man, this giant man. I can do this. Well, there was an army out there, and they weren't trying to do anything about it. Why? They were afraid. This giant in their life, they were fearful of what he would do to them. Well, David convinced King Saul, I can go out there. I will. I will go out there. And Saul was going to offer his sword and his shield. And, of course, David couldn't. It was too big. He couldn't handle that. He said, I'll do this. Um, that's okay. And he, remember, he walked down and he took uh, five small stones and he had a sling. 
and he took those stones. And as he faced off uh, with Goliath, and he slung that rock, and of course it brought Goliath down, he defeated uh, the giant. I saw, uh, I think uh, back in scriptures, how that one of his brothers, maybe Eliab, I'm not sure which brother, he said, I know you, you're you're just wanting to show off, basically. Uh, You want to cause some some disturbance, and and, uh, that's what you want to do. No, I'm I'm going to fight for the God of Israel. This man is taunting Saul's army and uh, against God, the God of Israel. And so David was successful. Uh, You know, a lot of times we fight maybe a private battle uh, or we have victory in a private battle in our life. That was what David did. David, as he was trying to uh, convince King Saul to let him go out before uh, Goliath, and he said, well, he told him, he said, you can't do that. He said, well, when I was keeping my father's sheep, one time a, a bear came. And I protected the sheep. I killed the bear. He wasn't making this up. He, he had done that. And he said, another time a lion came. And I killed the lion and protected the sheep. And I know that God can deliver me in this. Well, certainly uh, God did. Uh, I've heard someone say that uh, uh, Saul and his army saw Goliath as being too big to hit. David saw him as being too big to miss. And so he took him out. Uh, he, he defeated the man who was taunting uh, the God of Israel. So it was, he, he had victory. There was victory there. And uh, well, <clears throat> these, these folks, as they first were going to go into this, um, into Kadesh Barnea, and they said, uh, you know, we feel like grasshoppers against, uh, before them, and fear does produce some tall stories. Uh, some embellishments, uh, some faith, uh, but faith is even greater. But we faced some giants, well, we faced some giants the past two years in our life of service to God. Um, There was a period of time that people couldn't meet together uh, because of the the virus and the recommendations and, and, uh, uh, and, and people couldn't meet together. I remember Brother Rich telling a story from the pulpit here uh, and Brother Bill was here. Uh, remember, the, uh, he told a story about uh, one day, I think he said there were eight or nine people that were in this building. And they were doing the service from here online because there weren't people in-house. And uh, he said a lady who saw that contacted him, and she was saved because she watched that and knew the lesson and knew about G- and became aware of her sin and knowing Jesus as her Savior. And uh, that happened right here. God was moving, right? As I said a while ago, all through whatever difficulties we have, God is there, God is moving, and God is touching lives, and He's caring for people, and He's saving souls. And we need to always remember that because we see the work of God. In the book of Acts, chapter 5, there's a man, or the story, when Peter and John had been arrested and they'd been put in prison uh, for preaching the gospel, and they'd been told, don't do this anymore, and they thought, well, we'll just beat them up and send them away. That'll take care of it. 
Well, it didn't. They continued preaching the gospel. They continued talking to people about Christ. And uh, so then there was a period of time, there was the great teacher there. His name was Gamaliel. He taught many of the, uh, the children, the sons of the prominent people in Jerusalem. He taught those uh, the things of the law, and, and uh, he was recognized as a great teacher. There was one famous apostle. This was his teacher. He, he was the Apostle Paul's teacher. So Gamaliel was well known. And uh, they went to him for advice after the events there with Peter and John. And, uh, you know, what should we do? And Gamaliel, the uh, Jewish teacher, said, uh, and, and I think this was more from the fact that he was thinking in practicality, not in faith. He wasn't saying, uh, well, yes, this, I know this God. This God, is, he can do everything. But in his practicality, as he began to look at this, and he told them, oh, wait a minute, uh, to the Jews that wanted to go back and do more harm to Peter and John, he said, uh, uh, let's, let's give this thought. And he said, if this is of man, it will not survive. It will go away. Now, this is a man who there's no indication at all that he knew the Lord. There's no indication at all of that. But he knew enough to know that if it is of man, it can fail. It it will not survive. But if this work is of God, you cannot overthrow it. That's what he said. And, uh, And that is absolutely true. If a work is of God, you cannot overthrow it. Why would anyone want to? But, uh, but, but that, is, that is a fact, that it could not be overthrown. Well, in Joshua, as we're talking about, they were in a place that they uh, had never been, and uh, uh, the, the people of Israel. And uh, in chapter 3, in verses 1 through 4, with the history that we've had of how Israel came forward, and of course there's so much more, uh, time would restrict us to to do uh, more, but, but uh, in Joshua chapter 3 and uh, the first four verses, Joshua rose early in the morning, <clears throat> and they set out for Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan <clears throat> and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark, the covenant of God, uh, and the priests and the Levites carrying the ark, and uh, then then you go forth. Uh, You go forth with them. Uh, Yet there will be a space between you and the ark, about 2,000 cubits. And uh, and he said, uh, do not come near that, near the ark, but that you may know the way by which you must go for you have not passed this way before. 2022 is just at its beginning. We've not passed this way before. We don't know the challenges, and we don't know the blessings. I like to think more of the blessings than, than the challenges, but there, there will be both. But God can guide us. He can direct us. And he told the, the people, as you go through this water, uh, or as you go through this land, God was going to 
part the water there in the Jordan, just like he did the Red Sea, but he was going to part the water there. And he told them in chapter 4, in beginning of verse 2, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over uh, with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the, uh, the ark of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone. Pick one up as you go through those twelve men and put it on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the Lord God. When he crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, they were opened, and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. They passed away that, or they passed through this way uh, that they had not gone before. And God wanted them to leave a memorial to that. Put these stones there as a memorial to our God and to His uh, greatness and His victory. And so <clears throat> uh, Israel had come a long way in their history. Some of it had been by defeat, because of their lack of faith. But a great deal of it had been victory because of their faith. And that's where they were here now. That was not the end of their challenges, of course. If you read on in the book of Joshua, you'll quickly see that. But uh, they had learned so much, and they had learned to trust God. Well, this new year, we have not passed this way before. 2022 is, is now before us. It's there for us. If we choose the way of faith to serve God through this coming year, and we can tell our children and grandchildren and, uh, what it's like to serve God and to continue that story and that they may know and understand the joys and the blessings of serving God. Um, uh, to me, you know, as the, the past two years, um, there's been a challenging world. But there's one thing that I've been thinking about, and that's our hope in God. That's where my trust is going to be. And I'm sure you feel the same way. I want my trust to be in God. I want to be a better Savior. Uh, I want to be a good witness, and I'm sure you do as well. Uh, as there are many people in this community <clears throat> that are hurting. They're dealing with difficult situations in their lives. And there will be more in, in, uh, in the year 2022. We will, we will see that. Uh, and we have opportunities to reach them uh, and, and to share the gospel with them or to help them in whatever way that, that they need. And I'm sure that uh, Brother Rich or Brother Bill, they would be happy every Sunday morning to open the service with baptisms of new believers. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? To, to come to church and... And um, every Sunday or very often on Sunday morning that we begin our service 
with new believers that have come to Christ and that they have come for baptism and to serve. It can, be, it can happen. It begins with our devotion, our dedication, um, our studying our Bible and praying and, and witnessing and committing our lives to Jesus. Um, I think that'd be a wonderful 2022, don't you? Let's pray that that can happen, that uh, uh, God blesses us, that more people, that we have opportunities with more people, and that they will place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and uh, come to know the joy of serving Him. Let's pray.